Hello, welcome to this Friday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Well, happy offseason, everyone. The Penguins season has come to an end after a 2-0 defeat to the Montreal Canadiens today, losing in the series three games to one. Just a really, really lackluster, garbage, just a really, really bad effort by the Penguins today. Like Honestly, when I was watching the game today, it looked like they just wanted to like, just leave the bubble and just go get shit-faced with their friends at their house in their off-season homes. It, it literally just looked like that. They were just not getting to pucks like they normally do. Really, really slow in the offensive and in the defensive zone. Really bad power plays. I mean, Tristan Jari made his uh, playoff debut today. He looked absolutely outstanding. He was probably the only Penguin player that actually played really, really well today. He was playing the puck beautifully, making some really nicely timely saves. His save on Gallagher, I think, in the third period, flashing that glove, that was just absolutely beautiful. Um, I think with this game, with his start, I do think he is going to be the number one goaltender next year, but we have a lot of offseason stuff to get to um, later in this episode. But yeah, just a really, really bad game by the Penguins today. Um, I really just don't want to spend too much time talking about it since I talked about it a lot on Twitter. There was, there was just no energy, there was no passion, just no loyalty, no spirit. Just I didn't see any of that today. And, you know, the lineup decisions, again, were very, very questionable. I get putting Tristan Jari in, you're trying to give your team a start. I thought he played very, very well. Again, excuse me, Matt Murray was not, you know, the main culprit to why the Penguins were down. They continued to address Jack Johnson and Justin Schultz in this game for reasons I have no idea. Yuso Rikula is in the doghouse for unknown reasons. Chad Ruido could even get in. Um, they continue to dress Patrick Marlowe when he was just awful. We're going to get to Mike Sullivan in a couple minutes, but still, a lot of very, very bad decisions, I thought, from Mike Sullivan today. This was just, it was just brutal all around for the team and the coaching staff. Some people have already started to say, oh yeah, you know, this is the worst playoff loss in the Crosby Malkin era. I think you guys are pretty delusional. I think that's pretty, pretty hot takery of you guys. I mean, considering especially the Montreal series from 2010 when the Penguins got locked. That game seven, the final game ever at Mellon Arena, Marc-Andre Fleury comes in there, absolutely lays an egg. They take so many power, uh, power plays, penalties in like the first period. Sidney Crosby hardly shows up that game. Penguins just look terrible um, in all facets of that game. That was just an epic collapse on so many proportions. They were up three games to two in that series. They should have won that series. Um, that one was terrible. I'll even put the 2012 Flyers one above this one. That series was just embarrassing on so many levels. Um, the way Marc Andre Fleury played, the way their the the team just lost their way, um, just that that's so much higher than this. I mean, come on, people, especially in a best of five where it's a crapshoot. I mean, I I am eating a lot of crow right now. I said going into this on this podcast and on Twitter, I really didn't see a way Montreal could win this series unless Carey Price went off. I was proven wrong. I've said it so many times. That will not be the first time I've been wrong. It will not be the last time I'm wrong about something. I'm usually wrong about a lot of things that I say. So it was just, you know, a lot of Penguins' mistakes. Well, we can call it mistakes. You know, just a a lack of, like, just making the proper adjustments to win this series. Because I honestly thought the Penguins played really, really well for a lot of this series. That's the thing I think. That's the... Thing that I think is getting lost in this is that, you know, game one, I thought was their best game of the series. They played absolutely flawless, except the power play was just awful. Jack Johnson sucked. I thought Matt Murray was mostly pretty good. They should have won that game. You had a five on three in the third period of game one. You score there. You honestly probably win that game. Who knows how the series goes? Game two, you also play really, really well. Montreal doesn't get anything. You win that game. Game three, you go up three to one halfway through the game. The team is playing their ass off. And then from then on, from the 10 minute mark of the second period to 
at the end of today's game, it was just a total meltdown by the Penguins, and who knows why. I have no idea why the team transformed into this version that we saw for the last um, four and a half periods. That is not the Penguins team that we saw um, throughout most of the season, but you know what? We also were on a four-month layoff. I mean, they honestly probably were not going to pick up where they left off from that and how they were playing. So those are my thoughts on that. I saw a couple tweets, some very, some very stupid tweets. Oh, you know, so many people told me, you know, uh, they would underestimate the Canadians. Oh my God, the, the, the Penguins weren't taking them seriously. I mean, cut the shit on those kind of tweets. I mean, you look at the Canadians team, they have one pretty good line and that could literally is the Penguin, that could be the Penguins third line. But I mean, did anyone really see Carey Price going 945, 950 for this series, considering that he has just not been that good since 2015? I mean, it was a possibility, but did you see it coming? No, you really didn't. Did anyone see the Penguins play coming for the last four and a half periods coming, where they were just absolutely awful? No, I really don't think anyone saw that coming. The fact of the matter is, I don't think Montreal just played that well. The Penguins just made mistakes, especially with their roster management, like Mike Sullivan. He just had an awful series. We're going to get to him very, very shortly. And those were their biggest shortcomings. There was no thing of, oh my God, you know, the Penguins underestimated the Canadians. It's not that. Of course, they're going to respect how they play. They're a different kind of opponent, but that's just not it. So I really don't need to see those kind of takes on Twitter.com or wherever the hell you're spewing on those takes because that's just not accurate. But anywho, I just I had to get that off my chest because that was just very, very annoying. Anywho, um, let's bring up Mike Sullivan. Um, absolutely his worst coach series of his, of his Penguins tenure as head coach. I'm absolutely embarrassed at the way he manage this roster with his in-game decisions. I mean, even today, you know, there's two minutes left. The Penguins are down to goal. They're putting Patrick Marlowe out there um, in a regular shift as as well as Jack Johnson and Justin Schultz. I mean, it's just like, I mean, what are we doing here, Mike? That's just, that's not right. I mean, that just does not sit well with me. You lose me when you do stuff like that. I mean, I'm glad you inserted Jared McCann back in the lineup. I thought he deserved a chance to basically, you know, make it right. But, you know, not taking out Patrick Marlowe after the dreadful series that he had had going into this game, I think that's a little bit at the head-scratcher. He was just really bad for most of the series. Um, and again, Jack Johnson, Justin Schultz, the fact that they didn't take both of them out is just that's idiocy. That's ludicrous. It's incompetence, ignorance. It's whatever you want to call it. I know I talked about a lot about that on my episode with Chad yesterday, but still, just a really, really badly coached series by Mike Sullivan. Um I know I've, we've already seen some takes out there on Twitter.com. Oh, yeah, time for a change at head coach. It's time to fire Mike Sullivan. I'm not there yet. I, I, I know some people are there. I'm not there yet. You know, people are saying, oh, you could hire Bruce Boudreaux. What on earth has Bruce Boudreaux won in this league that makes you be like, you know what? That's the coach we need behind the bench. That guy is a regular season winner. He doesn't know how to coach in the playoffs. That's a hard pass on me. That's just comedy right there. So please stop. Um, Peter Laviolette, it's the same way. I know he's taken the Flyers and the, um, Predators to the Stanley Cup final. He would honestly, honestly be a better choice than Bruce Boudreaux. Gerard Gerland, I'd listen. I think Gerard Gerland is probably the best of those three because I think he's easily the best coach of those three. But, I mean, it's just not time yet to fire Mike Sullivan. Um, this is my take on this right now, in case uh, you didn't see it on my Twitter. I think he deserves an offseason to, you know, go over what he did wrong, especially if the Penguins are going to get a new defensive third pairing because we're going to be talking a lot about the offseason stuff in the next couple of segments. And if this team struggles really, really badly next year, that's when you make the coaching change. That's when you do it. You don't need to do it right now, especially after, you know, they had a four-month layoff 
you know, I didn't really buy into this a lot. I should have, you know, anything can happen in a five-game series, especially with the layoff. But still, you know, the, the Penguins are not going to fire Mike Sullivan after this. I think right now is a little too early. I think that's a bit too knee-jerk for me. But if they, the team does struggle next season, I think that will be the point where, you know, you could look Mike Sullivan in the eye and be like, you know what, man, this just isn't really working out for me. It's just not happening. We need to let you go. And I don't think the fan base would care that much. You would thank him for what he did and you would hire someone else. But I think that's the appropriate time to do it. You know, especially some of these people that are asking for it right now, I just don't need this organization turning into the Cleveland Browns where, you know, you always look for a coach a couple years after and, you know, you always have to be afraid. You know, if you fire someone like Mike Sullivan, who are you replacing him with? That's the biggest question I want to know for these people. Who are you replacing him with? Who is your candidate that you would say, you know what? That's the guy I want above Mike Sullivan. And you know what? Right now, I don't really see that candidate. That's just, that's just my take on it. If you guys have a different take, please let me know. But that's just my opinion on that. But, you know, who's ready to talk some offseason stuff? Uh, coming up after this commercial break, we're going to dive into a lot of questions surrounding the team going into the offseason and what could be next um, for this team. All right, so we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Um, so, yeah, definitely a lot of questions to be need to be answered going into this offseason. I think the biggest one, the biggest problem that needs to be addressed, I, I should say, is the third pairing on defense. I mean, Justin Schultz, thank God he's a UFA. He is going to walk. I pity the team that is going to sign him. This is just, this is not the 2016-2017 Justin Schultz. He was just absolutely terrible this series. I know there are some people going into the series that were talking about, you know what, this layoff could be good for Justin Schultz. Maybe we could see a little bit of like a reclamation project for him, like a reincarnation, I guess you could say, for Justin Schultz. Yeah, it was anything but that. He was just absolutely awful on both ends of the ice, was really bad in his defensive zone. Even offensively, like during this game, he was just like firing pucks way wide of the net, throwing passes where no one was there in Montreal, was just taking the puck and just getting it out with ease. And it was just like, yeah, he just doesn't have it anymore. Um, that's, I think, $5.5 million off the cap right there. That's pretty big. You cannot have a third pairing that makes almost $9 million per season. That's just... That's not the way you're going to win in the NHL. Um, thank God he's going to walk. Also, of course, Jack Johnson. The Penguins need to figure out a way to get him off this team. I, I don't think anyone wants to watch him play another shift for this team. And this was only year two of that five-year deal. He just cannot be on this team next season. He was just such a liability in both ends of the ice. Could not even make a breakout pass. Was just awful in his defensive zone. He got schooled so badly by almost every Montreal Canadiens player that was on the ice when he was on the ice. It was just a very, very bad series for Jack Johnson, and, and as I've said so many times, the fact that he was not benched at all during the series um, was just pretty pathetic, but um, they need to remake this third pairing as a whole. I think Dylan DeMello would be a great upgrade for this pairing. He's a UFA again. Um, I know Jeff from Penn's blog has been screaming into the void for a couple seasons now that the Penguins should sign him. I think that would be a very, you know, a, a low-cost, high-reward kind of signing for the Penguins. He would come pretty cheap. He can move the puck, and he's also pretty good defensively in his own zone. I would definitely try to sign Dylan DeMello. And then if you want to maybe go put Chad Ruido in there, you know, or put Yuso Rikula in there, who, who knows what. But overall, I would like two upgrades over those players in a perfect world. Dylan DeMello would be one of them. We're going to have to look at some more UFA defense when they're going on the market going into this offseason. But that's a big one right now that I would really like the Penguins to sign. I am 100% with Jeff from Pedsblog on that one. Um, where else do we go from here? They still need to figure out the goaltending situation. My take on that, I think they're going to go to Tristan Jari. I think they will trade Matt Murray. 
or they just won't sign him because he is a restricted free agent. After this season, I do think they're going to uh, choose Tristan Jari. I think the start today honestly kind of proved that to me, especially because Matt Murray was just not bad in this series. I mean, he was around 9-15, was not one of the five reasons the Penguins were losing in this series. I thought he was really, really good. Of course, Carey Price was elite, but still, thought Matt Murray was really, really good. And I said yesterday it's a disappointing end to his Penguins tenure, but I just don't see him being back. It's going to open up some more cap room. Not really sure, though, what teams could use Matt Murray right now. You know, be, it would be awesome if you could send him to someone like Florida, but, you know, Sergei Bobrovsky is just going to be there for six more years on that albatross of a contract. That is just going to be brutally bad. You know, I mean, kind of splitting hairs here, you know, maybe a team like the Devils. I know it's in the Metropolitan Division, but I don't really see them as having a starting goaltender right now when I look at the roster, so that's an option. But still, don't really think Matt Murray is going to be here going into next season. I think there's an outside, a little bit of a small outside chance that they could keep both goaltenders, but I don't think it's going to happen. I do think that they will keep Tristan Jari, and I think that's the right choice as well. You always go with the cheaper guy. You never want to overpay for goaltending people. You just that that position. I will always say this: it's like running backs in football. You don't want to overpay for it. You just don't. I mean, you look at Le'Veon Bell with the Jets. You know, after declining all that money from the Steelers, he went to the Jets, sucked it up last year. He's probably going to do it again. The running backs, they're just not worth that kind of money. It's the same as goaltending. Sergey Bobrovsky signed that monster contract with the Florida Panthers. He will never live up to that deal. That is going to be a very, very bad contract for the Panthers down the line. I mean, it already is right now, but it's just going to get a lot, lot worse. So uh, I'll be curious to see where Tristan Jari's cap number get, comes in, though. I'll probably say maybe around the three to four million range. It's not going to be super, super high, but still played really, really well this year. Had a great playoff debut. I'm excited for him to be the hopeful starting goaltender on this team for next season. And the uh, the next biggest question, of course, is what are you going to do with the third line? Patrick Marlowe, I mean, it was fun, man, acquiring you, but you were just so bad in this playoff series. He's going to walk. You have Patrick Hornquist there on the right wing. But you know what? What do you do at center and at the other left wing? That's the biggest question for me right now. Is Jared McCann your long-term answer there? Um, if you're speaking from January onward, it would be no. But before that, he also had a very, very hot start to the season. It's just, that's, I just don't know what they're going to do with him. It really is a weird situation there because he really hasn't scored or produced anything since Nam. He was really, really bad in this series against the Canadians, and I really don't think he's going to get what he's looking for from the Penguins. He's probably honestly going to have to take a discount if he does get a contract extension for the Penguins. And also, do they prefer him at wing on that line? Because if they do, if they prefer him at wing, they're going to have to go out and trade for a third-line center most likely. And one of the options that I've looked at already, we're going to have more options as we get into the offseason, um, Craig Smith from Nashville. I've always liked Craig Smith's game. He's 30 years old. He had an 18-goal, 31-point season in 69 games. He's been a 20-goal scorer in a lot of seasons in Nashville. Uh, I'd have to double-check how many, but it's it's quite a few. That way, he would be a perfect third-line center for this team. And I think it makes a lot of sense because Nashville just lost to Arizona. They have been going backwards ever since they went to the Stanley Cup Final against the Penguins. He would be a very good trade target for Pittsburgh. And hell, maybe the Penguins could dump Jack Johnson's contract onto David Boyle because I do think the Predators are going to make a lot of big changes this offseason. I don't really see how they keep that whole core intact. If you want to go bigger, you can look at another one of their centers on that team. Um, maybe a Ryan Johansson if you're feeling um, a little ballsy. But that's definitely a team, if I were Jim Rutherford and the Penguins, that I would look to trade 
with during this offseason as David Boyle is probably going to be very frustrated with how um, his team is just going backwards. And like I said, Craig Smith would be a perfect third-line center with this team. He's really good defensively, can produce a lot of offense. He would be the third-line center that this team has been missing since Nick Benito left and before that, um, after they traded Jordan Stahl. So that would be pretty good, at least in my opinion. But if they do want to keep McCann at the third line center, they are going to have to go out and probably get a winger. I'm not really sure who they can afford at this point. You know, the cap is the cap situation is going to be flat, so it's going to be the same as last season. Um, player that I've looked at, you know, a couple times, I do like someone like Vladislav Nemestikov. He can play any position center, right wing, left wing. Um, he shoots left. Had a seven, I think, he had a 17 goal, 31 point season. He's always been, I think, a bit underrated for you know Tampa Bay and then of course he went to Ottawa and he was also with New York I think for a little bit he would be someone that I would potentially be interested in bringing in hell I'd love someone like Mike Hoffman but he's going to be getting the, that money he is going to be getting that cash especially after he tried to carry the Panthers to the next round against the New York Islanders but they of course the Panthers ultimately lost in four games to them but you know those those are a couple names that I, I'm just throwing out there just for shits and giggles when free agency gets closer, I'm going to have a whole list of names that I think the Penguins should go after, um, cap permitting, of course, since it's going to be around $81.5 million, but still. Um, just wanted to give you guys a couple names that I, I am pretty interested in for this team next season. Hopefully, you know, someone like Nemestikov or, you know, or Craig Smith could come um, cheaper than you know some other options for this team if they have to go that route. All right, so we're back here on this episode uh, for Locked on Penguins, you know, just the final um, segment here, just a little one. Just wanted to address also another thing, you know, for where do we go from here. Um, of course, you know, you're going to see a lot of trade rumors takes, guys. You know, trade of Guinea Malkin, trade Chris Letang. Is this the final hurrah in the Crosby-Malkin era? Don't listen to that crap. I know Jim Rutherford talks a lot of big talk, you know. Oh, there's going to be a lot of changes. But, I mean, if he trades a core player, I mean, just well, might as well just fire him at that point. That's just... Very, very unlikely to happen, especially after they were only playing for one week, basically, after being off for four months. I really just can't see Jim Rutherford going that crazy and trading a big core player. The pieces are in place for this team to contend next season. The top six is filthy. You can have Jake Gensel next to Sidney Crosby. If you want to reshine Connor Sherry, you can definitely do that. He could probably come back cheap. You have Jason Zucker with Evgeny Malkin and Brian Russ. Brian Russ was your team's leading goal scorer with almost 30. It was 27. You have your checking line with Zach Aston-Reeves, Teddy Bluger, and Brandon Tanev. Brandon Tanev proved so many people wrong during the season, including myself. I will always eat crow on that contract. You have a great top pairing in Brian Dumoulin and Chris Letang. You have a really good second pairing with Marcus Pedersen and John Marino. John Marino is blossoming into the next franchise defenseman for this team. I will die on that hill until it looks like he's not. He was absolutely sensational for the Penguins in this play-in round. Honestly, besides Tristan Jari, Jason Zucker, and maybe Brian Rust, he was, yeah, he was one of their top five best players. I will say that. You know, not really sure what's going to happen with Marcus Patterson. It's just his play was just so weird. I know he's going to be here for the long term, but I'll be curious to see how he bounces back next season. You, you know what the holes are in this team. We talked about them earlier. Just get a better third pairing that's cheap. You cannot have a third pairing that takes up almost nine, ten million in salary cap money when you are a cap team that spends almost all your money. That's just not a thing. Jim Rutherford bungled that very, very badly. He has to make better decisions at that end of the roster. And like I said, we just talked about the third line has to be changed. But I think the Penguins will be contenders next season. This window is still open. Please do not have people tell you that the Crosby-Malkin era is shut. They've had three cups already. 
If they get one more, that would be absolutely amazing. Just do not fall for that kind of talk that, you know, the window's over, guys. It's done. But, you know, we are setting ourselves up for a, also a big chance on Monday. The Penguins have a 12.5% chance to get the number one overall pick and dra draft Alexis Lafreniere. If they get it, the, I'm sure Twitter will be very, very good. Uh, the takes would be through the roof. The conspiracies. Oh, my God, the Penguins, the, the NHL, they rigged it for them because they lost. Also, as I'm finishing recording this, the Edmonton Oilers have also lost their play-in series to the Chicago Blackhawks. So both 12 seeds upsetted the five seeds. So with that, there is a 25% chance, so a 1 in 4 chance that Alexis Lafreniere will be with either Sidney Crosby next season or with Connor McDavid. So inject that right into my veins. It's also looking like the Maple Leafs will be eliminated tonight. So by the end of this, guys, we could be seeing Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Sidney Crosby, and Evgeny Malkin not even really making the official Stanley Cup playoffs for this season. So, yeah, it's safe to say this little 24-team format kind of backfired in the NHL's face, considering a lot of the league's biggest stars will not even be in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But you know what? They got what they wanted with the chaos, I guess, in the end. But I think this will do it for this episode of Locked on Penguins. Thank you guys so much for following along during this crazy, crazy season. It really does mean a lot that you guys listen to me blabber about this team and just spew out nonsense and just um, listen to me be wrong about so many things when it comes to sport. Nah, I'm just playing. Well, for the most part, I'm just kind of playing. But still, um, it really does warm my heart. And I appreciate each and every one of you that continue to listen to this podcast just every episode I put out. Um, you know, this, this is not the end. There's going to be plenty of off-season content coming. Um, a lot of good stuff that I, I'm planning for this podcast in the future. So stay tuned for that. You know, it was a fun ride, everyone. You know, hopefully the Penguins will get back at it next year. And the quest to get Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, that fourth Stanley Cup, will be in high gear. So thank you guys so much for listening. Remember to follow my Twitter, which is at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And we will be back with more episodes next week. Talk to you all then.